What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us for this Tuesday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. My name is Joe Arrigo, and I am your host. You guys can hit me up on the Twitter at JoeArrico99. That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. Hit the follow button over there. You get links to these shows, my threads that I pull together, and my articles that go out every single Sunday. Haven't been doing as much Twitter work recently because I've really been feeling pretty wretched. So I'm starting to come out of it a little bit. We're going to get back into uh, the Twitter thread game in the next couple of days. But right now, you guys can go ahead and take a look at my article, which came out on Sunday. I reshared it this morning on Twitter, and you can find it on sportsethos.com as well. Just talking about some players who are kind of over-rostered still, uh, some guys who you can be moving on from. One of them I talked about was Walker Bueller, and I also talked about some guys who you can pick up, uh, not necessarily as direct replacements, but just good candidates to fill the void on your team when you cut a bit of dead weight off there. So a guy like Juan Yepes, I mentioned he can be a solid addition. Uh, Jack Sawinski, you guys will have to go ahead and read the article, or you can take a look at yesterday's show where I went in it in a little bit more depth towards the end of the show. Uh, we, won't, we won't go into it really anymore, but go ahead and take a look over there, either on Twitter or on Sports Ethos. Now, a couple of announcements uh, I did yesterday as well, but it was the 4th of July. We still had decent viewership yesterday. We had about 70-ish percent of what we usually get on a Monday, and I understand people are with their families and whatnot, so 70% was not too bad. We'll have more trickle in today and throughout the week, I'm sure. Uh, but we are recruiting here at Sports Ethos. I mentioned it a little bit yesterday. We're looking to bring on more baseball people, specifically fantasy baseball, if that is your vibe. People who are, well, really, it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be specifically fantasy. If you're interested in covering a team, if you are a fan of whatever team, the Giants, not the Dodgers, I was about to say the Dodgers. We have our buddy Dan Bespris, who's going to be doing Dodger coverage at some point, but there's literally 28 teams that are available. The Braves are not available because we have Braves coverage and Dodgers coverage is in the works. Maybe at some point I'll pull together some kind of Blue Jays coverage down the line, but not for a while if that is going to happen. We have 28 teams, and we have openings uh, for all of them, really, if you guys are looking to start to cover one of them, to do a podcast or to do some written content. If you are looking to do uh, podcasting work, it's more so going to be for the team coverage side. We have the fantasy side more or less covered there for now. Uh, but we're really interested in bringing on some people who are willing to write some articles, people who will take it seriously, people who can write about all different kinds of fantasy stuff, really. Uh, that would be more so ideal, I guess, if you're a writer as opposed to a podcaster. But if you are looking to do some audiovisual stuff, uh, the team coverage stuff is widely available. Like I said, 28 teams. You guys can go ahead and build something of your own, which is kind of what I'm trying to do here on the fantasy side. I've had a lot of help. You won't be doing it on your own. You'll have a ton of support. And this is a great industry to get into. I've had a lot of support, not just from Sports Ethos, but from people outside of the company as well. So shoot me a DM at JoeArico99 if you guys are interested in trying to maybe write some baseball stuff, whether it be on the cont or the fantasy side or just the regular baseball side. If you're interested in doing some kind of podcast work, send me a note. We'll see what we can do. Obviously, there are more steps to it than just that. But get the ball rolling if you sound uh, if this sounds interesting to you. Anyway, I mentioned it yesterday. But like I said, I uh, didn't have quite the same viewership we usually do for a Monday because of the holiday, so I thought I'd rhyme it off here. I'm going to rhyme it off, maybe not every day, but we'll talk about it every now and again. Love to bring more people on board here at Sports Ethos. It, it's a great place to be, a lot of support. People will happily share out your stuff. If you say, hey, I worked really hard on this, I'd like to you know, get some more eyes on it, people will share it out. They want to see you succeed. We all want to see you succeed once you're here. Not even just once you're here. People in this community 
in the fantasy content creation community are all very kind. Everybody that I've come across, people don't ignore your messages. People answer you. They get back. They do what they can to help you out. I've had a lot of help from several people in this community who have been fantastic. Really, everybody has been great. So that's the end of that speech. Go ahead and send me a DM if you are interested. We are going to be doing a live trade deadline show this season. Uh, August the 2nd, it'll run from 3.30 to 7 p.m. I'm going to be hosting it. It will be a lot of fun. I'm going to have a ton of people that you guys know from this show and just from the fantasy community will be on. Uh, I put out a thread, not really a thread, but a tweet a couple nights ago. It's my pinned tweet on Twitter. Got a list of all the people that are confirmed to be coming on so far. So guys like Eric Cross, Casey Bubba, Michael Govier, and Chris Deary from the Palazzo Podcast. Uh, Mike Carter, Kev Masarajan, Frank Amarante. We have a ton of people. Ray Murphy from Baseball HQ. We have a ton of people confirmed. Rob Silver as well. I'm going to keep forgetting them because there's so many people who are going to be joining us. So mark your calendars. Go follow Sports Ethos on YouTube. We're going to be live there for three and a half hours, breaking down the deals of the day. Maybe we'll talk about some other random stuff as well, but we'll be covering the news as it comes in talking about what will uh, what will happen to your fantasy teams based on some of these trades that get made because sometimes your closer gets traded sometimes mainstays in your lineup get traded to a worse situation or they don't perform as well uh, a lot of things happen we'll be there to help you guys through the day on august 2nd 3 30 to 7 p.m eastern time so mark your calendars there that'll be it for the announcements i know i went a little bit long there but i wanted you guys to be well aware of the trade deadline show that is very important i'm going to put a, a lot of effort into that we have been Tons of people are already on board. few people are maybes depending on schedule. It's going to be a great day. I really hope that all of you guys are there. So go ahead and subscribe to the Sports Ethos. Pretty standard show in store for you guys. Going to be looking back on some of yesterday's top performers. We tend to focus more on pitchers when we do that. More actionable moves, I think, with pitching. A lot of times with your lineup. Those guys who are in your lineup are harder to cut, I think, than pitchers a lot of the time. At least for me. Maybe that's just my own mindset. But we'll spend a little bit more time on pitchers today. We'll, we'll just try and get through more of them. Maybe not spend more time on them, but try and maybe give you a little bit more of an abbreviated version as opposed to a deep dive on any given player. Uh, maybe there's the odd one we'll go a little deeper into, but I'm going to try and cover most of the starters from yesterday. We'll cover some of the top-performing position players. We'll take you through the most added and dropped players today. And then, of course, we'll look at some of my favorite matchups for tonight. So... Could start with Chris Flexen, could start with Cole Irvin. I think I'll start with Cole Irvin just because I watched this game uh, from right from the beginning right to the end, unfortunately. He dominated the Blue Jays. He nearly threw a complete game. He went eight innings, four strikeouts, one earned run, and four hits. Probably didn't do fantasy managers too much good because a lot of people had him on the bench for yesterday. It's by far the best game he's pitched on the season. And it was actually a game last season. So he pitched against the Jays a couple of times last year. One of the times was a very similar line like this. Eight innings, three hits, one earned run, something like that. And the other time was like two innings, seven runs against. So it was kind of, you'd figure somewhere in the middle there is the real version, three, four runs or something like that. But he dominated the Jays last night. Uh, the Jays' first base coach, Mark Budzinski, lost his daughter very recently. And that was something that the Blue Jays have been talking about quite a bit. It's probably weighing heavily on their minds. And maybe, you know, a couple, they have performed very poorly over the weekends, over the weekend. And uh, it carried over into Monday. So they're playing with some heavy hearts right now. That may have something to do with the poor performance. Hopefully they get back on track. Now, he was going up against Alec Manoa, who did not have his greatest stuff. He was still able to get through five and two-thirds, struck out five. But he did give up four earned runs. For Alec Manoa, that is almost unheard of. 
One other time this season, he did give up four earned runs. It was a few starts ago against the Yankees. He has not been as sharp these last couple of times out as he was at the beginning of the year, Manoa, but no worries there. He will be fine. Uh, Manoa's one of the up-and-coming bright young superstars of the pitching game, of the game in general. But he is, and I know I'm a little biased being in Toronto, but if you look at prospect lists, not prospect, but like dynasty ranking lists, he's in like that top 25 or 30 most of the time. He is fantastic. Uh, this is a bad start against the worst offense in baseball, which is obviously concerning. But long term, I'm not too concerned about Manoa there. A little blip on the road, but like I said, they got heavy hearts right now. Give him a day or two and they'll be fine. Uh, Chris Flexen, he went six and two thirds, struck out eight, walked three, and gave up four hits against the Padres. I see him as more of a streamer for nice matchups. And even then, I mean, he doesn't give you many strikeouts. He had eight here, which was a season high. Typically, he's giving you three, four, five, somewhere in that range. He did have seven one time, in, actually against Toronto as well, in the middle of May. That's not really enough. Uh, a lot of the time, you're streaming, and strikeouts really come into the forefront. Sure, you're looking for nice ratios, but strikeouts are a large reason why well, – First off, they give pitchers a ton of their value. If the pitcher's not striking guys out, it's very hard for them to have value. I see Flexen as more of a guy you bring in if there's a nice matchup against Baltimore, Oakland, whoever. I mean, Oakland, not the yesterday, I know. But there's still going to be a team that you can target, uh, team like Baltimore, uh, the Tigers. Certain matchups, I like him. Going forward, most of the time, I don't think he's going to really be a necessary roster. So I'll pass on any significant move there on Chris Flexen. Uh, Eric Lauer, we'll talk about Eric Lauer now. I said yesterday, you know, we'll give him the two-step here. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. If he's shit, we cut him. Uh, probably would have given him another start, even if he wasn't great here against the Cubs. Uh, next time out, I believe, uh, is it the Reds or the Pirates? It's one or the other. I think it's the Reds. Uh, let's see. It, uh, it is the Pirates. It's actually the Pirates he gets next time out. Either way, I would have probably held on for that start. But this was a nice step in the right direction for him, for sure. Uh, nine strikeouts, two walks, one earned run. It didn't get the victory, unfortunately. It was a no decision. But it was his best performance in, like, at least a month. He had been looking like a serious drop candidate. I'm going to hold on to Lauer. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt there as, a, as an organization with their pitching. They really know what they're doing over the last few years. We've seen it with Burns and Woodruff and Peralta and Ashby and so on and so forth. I like Lauer. He's shown us really good stuff this season, especially earlier in the year. He dipped off a little bit, but if he can, if there's any chance he can regain that form, I'm, I'm holding on. I'm not going to be moving on from him just yet. Uh, Justin Steele had a very nice outing, six and two-thirds, two hits, one earned run. Only problem was the four walks. Other than that, uh, nine strikeouts, no decision. It was a very solid outing. I wouldn't be running to the waiver wire to grab Justin Steele. I think he's fine. I just don't think that there's going to be much need here. Uh, outside of deeper league, sure, he's shown some promise. If you want to add him in a deeper league, I'm fine with it. Uh, his next start, I believe, is against the Dodgers on the weekend. Not somebody that I'm going to be uh, sprinting to grab. Taewon Walker, he continues to have a, one of the best seasons of his career. He went six innings, got the victory yesterday against Cincinnati. Four hits, three earned runs. He walked one, hit one batter, and struck out nine. It was a great outing for him. I didn't see much of it. I just saw little snippets here and there, a little bit of highlights. But he has done such a great job this season. I wrote a thread about him a couple weeks ago saying that he needs to be rostered more than he is. And I know his performance has definitely dictated those percentages going up. He is now, uh, humor me for just a split second, I believe 71% rostered now in Yahoo Leagues. Likely to see that number keep going up with these performances. He's done a really great job, and it's going back 
quite a little while now. I mean, he's had how many straight good starts? Like five, six in a row. So I, there's people are starting to buy into it. If he is still available in your leagues, I would definitely be going ahead and grabbing him there. Dylan Bundy. Dylan Bundy, I thought, had a decent chance to do well yesterday. If you listen back to yesterday's show, I was actually saying that Bundy's not a bad option this week. And he went five innings, three hits, one earned run. He struck out six. He did walk one batter. He only threw 58 pitches, which was a little unfortunate. Would have rather seen him go a little bit deeper. But honestly, I don't need to see too much out of Dylan Bundy to know what he is. He's not great. Given the right weeks and the right matchup, that's fine. This week with the White Sox and then the Rangers later on, I was fine to take a chance on him. If you guys did, you didn't get burned, you didn't, it was fine. You know, I mean, only one earned run, six strikeouts, you'll take that. I'm not a huge proponent of streaming on a Monday. I'd rather let my rostered guys do what they can, even if you don't have any starts on Monday. Will you let it go till Tuesday? Now, obviously, if your opponent's like a crazy pitcher streamer, there are a couple people that I know who play fantasy baseball who stream, stream, stream. Then it can be kind of hard to keep up in your counting stats. But a lot of the time, uh, you have a limited amount of ads of the week. If someone does want to use them on Monday, Tuesday, then you can make up for it. And, you know, I do think that we rush sometimes. We see something that we like on the Monday, and we go ahead and jump for it. A lot of the time, unless you're planning like a two-start week, like, okay, this guy, Monday, Saturday, Tuesday, Sunday, whatever, or you think that they can be more of a mainstay on your roster, I'm not big on just a, a stream out of Monday just to get one start out of a guy. Typically, you are going to get two if you stream a guy Monday, Tuesday. Not always the case, as we know here, though. So uh, if you're just looking at a Monday matchup and say, I really like the Monday, if that's all you're adding a guy for early in the week, I wouldn't really be a proponent of doing something like that. Covered most of the pitchers that I really wanted to cover, I think. Uh, Julio Urias, maybe touch on him briefly. Six innings, seven strikeouts. Uh, what we've come to expect from Julio Urias, he got the victory. Seven and six record, a little bit surprising with the 257 ERA, 1.03 whip. Not anything I'm really too concerned about, though. He's not going to win 20 games like he did last year, but still one of the top fantasy pitchers, absolutely. Actually, one more guy I feel pretty obliged to mention here. Patrick Corbin, uh, while we were recording the show yesterday, did have some bullshit go down where I had to re-record the entire show. So that was not fun. When I first started out, Corbin was like through three innings, no strikeouts. And I was thinking, oh, man, like that's not great. But he ended up, you know, it wasn't a massive strikeout game, but a very serviceable fantasy game. Gave you seven innings. He gave up eight hits and one earned run, but struck out four. Not the greatest of games, but like I said, very serviceable. For Patrick Corbin, this might as well have been a perfect game, an immaculate game, you know, 81 pitches, all strikes, all strikeouts. That's for Patrick Corbin, anyway. From what we've seen earlier this year, he was like by far the worst pitcher in baseball. His stat cast page is a total joke. It still probably is. I haven't looked at it after these last couple of starts. Probably still not looking great. I don't think that there's any move that needs to be made here with Corbin. It's a couple of nice starts, sure. If you guys want to go ahead and get burned, uh, I'm reminded of the Michael Scott meme. I'm ready to get hurt again. I'm not really ready to get hurt again with Patrick Corbin. I think if you want to, it's really risky. Gets the Braves on Saturday, projected to get the Braves on Saturday. I'm not going to be running to put him in my lineup for that. He's had a great couple of starts these last time, a couple times out, Miami and Pittsburgh, two subpar offenses that he is. Yes, he's done a very good job against. I don't see any long-term need to roster Patrick Corbin. We'll quickly talk about some of the top position players from yesterday. So top one probably for me, Marcus Simeon most likely, but we'll start with MJ Melendez because I really like MJ. He had a couple of home runs here, two for four. Uh, drove in a couple of runs as well. 
that was it for Melendez. But, you know, from the catcher position, what he's shown us, he's got really crazy splits. He does very well against left-handed pitching for some reason, which makes him, you know, he's going to go in the lineup pretty much every single day, uh, especially with Salvador Perez out. You know, I mean, catchers get the odd day off. But he's going to be playing a lot of the time, uh, not just because of the sp- the, uh, the splits, but with Perez out, they want to try and give the kids a chance to show what they can do this year, himself and Bobby Witt, and now the Italian breakfast himself, Vinny P, is in the show, so they're going to be giving him more of a look. I like Melendez. I think he's a great catcher replacement if you are looking for some help in your leagues. I don't think that the roster percentage is too high, uh, 43% as well. Yeah, like you can go ahead and add him still. Uh, I think that at a weak position, he is about as good of a catcher that there is widely available anyway. There are definitely some catchers who are out there, but they're not going to be able to give you the power that he can. He hasn't given you great batting average to this point. I think he's batting 220-something, 223, but I do like him. Nonetheless, I think he can be a solid play uh, in that lineup. <clears throat> they're not great, but they are definitely promising. Uh, Marcus Semien, he had a couple of base hits, a home run. He stole a base as well. We've seen the steals, really good stuff from Marcus Semien this season. I mean, last year, yeah, he was stealing bags, but I think he ended up with 15 all season. Uh, I think it was 15 for the whole year. Yeah, it was 15, and he's got 14 already this season. He's played in less than half of the games that he did play last season. Remember, he played 162 games last year, and he stole 15. In 77 games, he's stolen 14. Now, I think part of that is he was struggling earlier in the year, trying to make up his value, not the fantasy value, but just value to the team in whatever way he could, and he was doing that with his legs whenever he got on base. So 14 steals is great. The 10 home runs is great. Uh, he snuck himself just about back into that top 100 range, if you can believe it, after that horrible start to the year. Yeah, he's the 88th-ranked player on the season. Seventh-ranked over the last month, 88 for the season, uh, 14th over the last two weeks. Now, we can't really expect him to do what he did last year. He's not hitting 45 home runs. Uh, he's not going to drive in 102. He'll steal more bags than he did. I doubt he'll eclipse his batting average of last year, which was 265. Should have really been higher watching a lot of Jays games last year. It should have been higher than 265. But anyway, it'll probably be like in that 240 range, completely serviceable. Uh, just don't have like top five or top ten expectations. But he will be a top 100 player, uh, pretty much no doubt about it there. Uh, Brandon Nimmo. We'll talk about Brandon Nimmo. I've been a big proponent of his for a long time, leading off in a good lineup. He's got some power. He doesn't have much speed, but good power average combo there where he can drive in some runs. I really like Brandon Nimmo as an outfield replacement. I know a lot of leagues, if you're having uh, three outfielders, it'll be a little bit hard to roster him, perhaps. But I still think he's viable in a, in a lot of leagues. Uh, like I said, leading off, good batting average. And the roster ship is very low for some reason, 41%. He's providing just outside the top 200 in terms of value. Last year, we saw him steal five bags and his 325 at-bats. He can swipe the odd bag for you. And we'll see it down the stretch, most likely, that those will come uh, last year, he batted 292, 272 this year. Yeah, that's who he is. He can hit somewhere in that high 200 range, maybe even touch low 300 range. And I don't think that he should be on many ra- uh, waiver wires, considering his lineup spot, considering what he can do for you, and considering the team around him. I don't think there's, a, there's any need for him to be on waiver wires. Let's talk about one or two more players here. And then we'll move on to the waiver wire. That is probably my favorite part of the show that we do, is going through the waiver wire seeing the ads and the drops and seeing what you guys in the community are really doing. Uh, let's talk about Francisco Lindor for a second. He was two for four. He hit a home run, scored a couple of times. He was also hit by a pitch. Only a two forty eight batting average on the season. 
But this has been a massive bounce back for Lindor. Great, great season for Lindor, really. Uh, Cedric Mullins, he also hit a home run yesterday. He was two for five, also had a double. And we haven't quite seen Cedric Mullins from last year, but we've seen a very good version of Cedric Mullins still. So he's not going to be what he was a year ago, which was, uh, let me just pull up the rankings from a year ago. I think he was like 20-something overall, 32nd overall player, 30-30 season with a 290 average. This season, he's the 80th ranked player so far. Average has gone down. The steals are about where you'd like them. The home runs are definitely down as well. Probably would have had to overpay for him a little bit on draft day, uh, just given what he did last season. I like Cedric quite a bit, but at the same time, he's not returning the value that you drafted him for, which kind of sucks. At the same time, steals are very hard to come by, and you'll take that, and you're not going to complain too much. 16 stolen bases, it's fine. Uh, he's in a terrible lineup, so you take it. I wish that he would keep the batting average a little bit higher, to be honest with you. The power... The power was kind of weird last year. You didn't really expect him to hit 30 home runs. Now, he used to be a switch hitter, Cedric Mullins. He used to bat from the right side of the plate as well. He gave that up, focused more on the left side, and it seemed to work for him a lot last year, and even this year. I mean, it's hard to say it's not working, just not to the same extent. I still like Cedric. There's not really any kind of move you can make on him, though. Uh, just, just enjoy the ride. Brandon Drury, I definitely missed on Brandon Drury. So he hit a home run again yesterday. I said it a few times earlier in the year that, yeah, he's going to have a hot streak for a week and then he'll be a drop again. But this has been the best season of Brandon Drury's career. I would assume that the Reds try and capitalize at the trade deadline and move him to a contender for some whatever. I'm not even sure what the hell the Reds are doing. Building towards the future, I guess, that doesn't look particularly bright right now. I mean, the only pieces on that team that really are going to be there long term, you'd think, and can be successful, Hunter Green... Tyler Stevenson, Jonathan India, who knows what direction they intend to go with those guys. I'd see Drury being a trade chip at the deadline. He'll probably be someone that we discuss on that day, on that August 2nd trade deadline show. Remember to mark your calendars for that. That will be a lot of fun. Uh, Julio Rodriguez, he also hit a home run yesterday. Not much you can really say about Julio. He's going in the first round of redraft leagues next season. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, he'll be top 24. No, he's, he's going in the first round. He is going to go ahead of guys like Harper. He'll go ahead of Freddie Freeman. I think he'll go ahead of Juan Soto, personally. Not that you'd make that trade in a, in a dynasty league necessarily, although I don't – who knows at this point with how good Julio is. Is he going to be as good as Juan Soto? He could be. Uh, to this point, uh, he's, he's been as good as anybody's ever been in their first 80 or so games of their career. I think he's the only player ever with 15 homers, 20 steals in that time frame. That's ridiculous. He's a ridiculous player. He's projecting to be their next great thing in the outfield. <clears throat> and they had some good outfielders, man. Ken Griffey, Ichiro, uh, and now Julio, it appears, will be the third member of that uh, elite outfield crew over the years. Continue to pass along the torch a little bit. No, he's going in the first round of redraft next year. Uh, right now, I would take him over Soto. over the, Just with the steals alone, uh, you get all those steals to go along with good power, good average, and Right now, honestly, probably a better lineup than Soto. I'm taking him over Soto. Acuna is close, but I think you're still going with Acuna, depending on what happens. If Acuna gets injured again this year or something, then you're probably saying, okay, I'm going to just go with the safer route of Julio. Uh, knock on wood there for Ronald Acuna. I think right now, you're probably still going with him, but there's not too many guys in the outfield or at all, really, that I'm going to be drafting ahead of Julio. I'm trying to think of outfielders who I would take ahead of him. Aaron Judge, probably, and maybe Acuna. That's it. I think he's going somewhere in the 10 to 15 range uh, next season in redraft, which is really cool considering this was his first 
it's his first season, right? I mean, to jump up the boards that much is like Mike Troutian to do that. After Trout's rookie season, he was, I think, the consensus number one pick in the subsequent year's drafts. And with Bobby Witt, we'll probably see him go somewhere in the top two or three rounds, but I don't know that the hype is necessarily there. I think Bobby Witt's just about as good as Julio as a prospect. Uh, I'm not so, so deep in with the prospect stuff. I know a little bit, but there's obviously guys who specialize in that. From what I've seen, from the numbers I've looked at in the minor leagues and the footage and what I've seen in the big leagues, I think they're pretty damn close. Hard to really say one is much better than the other. Right now, Julio's flashier. He's doing more with the steals, even though I think Witt has 12 or 13 steals himself. He's no slouch. But right now, I think uh, both of them are going very high next year in redraft leagues. Regardless of exactly where, uh, top two rounds for sure. Like I said with Julio, probably going to be somewhere in that 10 to 15 range. I would guess Witt goes somewhere in the 25 to 30 range. So like maybe 20 to 30. It's, it's hard to really pin down at this point. Late second, early third for Bobby. Late first, early second for Julio. That's my prediction as of right now. Things obviously do change, but that's where I'm going. We're going to move on now. Last couple of segments here. We'll look at the waiver wire. Some of the more added and dropped players today. Brian Bello is number one. I think it's Brian. It might be Brian. I'm not 100% sure on that one. He will get the start tomorrow. I like him. I think we're going to be adding him. It's tough. Uh, rookie pitchers are very hard to nail down. What we've seen in the minor leagues is a low ERA, 2.33, and massive strikeout numbers, uh, 114 across 85 innings, 33 walks in that time, which is a little high. But uh, we'll see what he can do at the major league level. I think he's worth an ad if you're in a 12-team and deeper league. Even just as a stream, he gets the Rays, who are kind of hit and miss offensively. I'm going to be taking a shot if it's 12-team and deeper. I mean, maybe in the odd 10-teamer. You have someone who you really want to drop, and he's the best option. Maybe they value pitching a little more over there. Then sure. Uh, I think just I, I like to be more cautious with starting pitchers. I don't think that he'll come up and be a mainstay in the rotation. Most likely, anyway. It's, it's very hard to predict. But I think he'll probably get a start or two and then go back down to the minors, I would imagine. If he's fantastic, probably not. But for right now, I'm going to be more cautious. I always tend to be a little more cautious with the prospects, uh, especially if you're dropping somebody who's a little more established. I would be very careful. It's not really determined if he'll stay up long-term or if this is more of a spot. So uh, I, I tend to be more cautious with prospects, and I'm going to be fairly cautious here. Uh, if you're in a 12-teamer, be my guest to stream him in, though. Yusei Kikuchi. He struck out a season-high eight batters last time out against Tampa. I'd be fine to use him here. He has been a little bit hit or miss on the season, but I like the matchup against Oakland. I'll be fine to use him. Uh, Harold Ramirez, we talked about yesterday. He's more of a streamer, I think. If you want to ride the hot hand, be my guest. That's fine. I wouldn't expect long-term production out of him, though. Uh, Mitch White will start tonight against Colorado. I think he's a fine streaming opportunity here. They will be playing at home. I don't love it early in the week, but um, I'd be okay. If you guys really want to stream somebody in, Mitch White is, is one of the top options there. Uh, Cal Quantrill gets Detroit tonight. Uh, I don't really know here. I'd probably lean towards yes, but, again, I don't think that he's a necessary ad. Uh, he's not going to strike out many guys. He just overall doesn't really impress me too much for an early week stream. Maybe if it was later in the week for a desperation for a win or something. But early in the week, I'm not, I'm not going to be jumping at him. Alex Wood, he's also been added quite a bit. Down to 49% rostered because he's just had some terribly shitty luck this year. 
I'm still a believer in Alex Wood. I'd be fine to use him in a very good matchup here in a good ballpark against Arizona. Kyle Hendricks, he gets Milwaukee tonight. I don't trust Kyle Hendricks, even though the strikeout numbers have been great these last four times out. For him especially, they've been fantastic. Seven, six, six, and six. Wouldn't expect that to continue for too long. Uh, I'll be a pass on Kyle Hendricks. Uh, David Peterson will be making his uh, return to the rotation on Wednesday. We're supposed to go Thursday, but he'll now go Wednesday. Uh, I like David Peterson a lot. If you guys want to add him ahead of that Cincinnati start, it's a little dangerous with the ballpark, but Peterson has been fantastic this season. I think he's earned the benefit of the doubt there. Uh, that's majority of the guys that we'll talk about here for the ads. No one else really standing out too, too much. I've seen a couple of people added Mike Clevenger. He was already mostly added. But we saw a jump from 77 to 81. Uh, nothing really too crazy. We did talk about Tyler Wells and how he did well yesterday. Well, he did get a bit of a jump as well. Uh, probably stay in the Orioles rotation going forward here, but he won't get a start again for a few days now. So a little odd to be jumping early in the week and adding him there. I don't think he's that much of a game changer personally. Uh, it's a ballsy move, no doubt. It's a ballsy move to add him now. Let's talk about some of the drops. Uh, Dean Kramer got absolutely lit up yesterday. I think a lot of people got fooled by Dean Kramer because three straight very good starts, four straight very good starts really, but three consecutive where he had not allowed an earned run. He lit up, he got lit up for five, uh, four and two thirds, really not a great outing for Dean Kramer. I, uh, it's hard to know exactly how to feel about Dean Kramer. He has good stuff. He has all right strikeout numbers. He's just not really that interesting to me, and I think it's the Orioles. I think, honestly, it's just the divisional matchups are going to be so hard down the stretch. Still a lot of games to come against the Blue Jays, a lot of games against their divisional opponents. I'm just not going to be really invested there. If you want to stream him the odd time, if it's a good matchup, by all means, uh, long-term, I wouldn't be on it. Jay Godorizzi came back, gave up five runs yesterday. I was saying that I probably would be staying away. I wanted, I wanted all the Kramer I could get yesterday. And I was staying away from Odorizzi. One out of two ain't bad. Uh, Odorizzi was terrible. I understand dropping him. Uh, a lot of these guys who we're going to mention in a second are just streams from yesterday who have been dropped. So Zach Plezak, he was fine. Uh, I don't think you needed to run and drop him because he gets Kansas City next time out. But he was dropped by like 5,000, or no, sorry, about 3,000 teams yesterday. Seems kind of high. I guess he was just a, you know, a lot of teams. A lot of leagues, actually, from what I've learned this season, don't even use uh, a max streaming slots. They'll just have unlimited ads for the week and then maybe cap it for the season. But it's like a, a stupid cap for the season where it's like 500 or something where you're like, you're never going to go over this. Or you'd be a nut job to go over it. So it's like pretty much unlimited ads. Some people will just add like two or three pitchers every single day and win the counting stats. And, you know, that's how they go about their fantasy life. A lot of us... Do not have that, but I have heard from a lot of people this year who have hundreds and hundreds of ads or just unlimited ads or 10 per week or 12 per week or something. It's like, okay, you can pretty much do what you want if you have 12 ads per week. So there's some more guys getting dropped, uh, also streaming kind of guys. Uh, Hunter Green, who I love Hunter Green, but he just, it's not, this is not his year. He's not ready yet. It's unfortunate. He will be an elite pitcher in this league at some point, but right now. He's 3-10 with a 6.01 ERA. He's going to be good. He's definitely going to be good, and it hurts, but uh, he's, he's tough to roster right now at this point. Pretty much everybody who was dropped, or all the top names anyway, were guys who were just added for a stream. Now, one notable exception is Kendall Graveman. 
he was dropped because Kyle Hendricks is now back. And I, I missed this yesterday. I actually didn't put Kyle Hendricks back in my lineup. Or Kyle Hendricks. Liam Hendricks, not Kyle Hendricks. I missed putting him back in the lineup, and he threw a scoreless inning, struck out the side. So hopefully you guys are a bit smarter than I am. I would not, I did not pay enough attention to that one yesterday. Uh, they announced it about four in the afternoon. I didn't, uh, I didn't get on it in time, so I missed out on that one. Uh, it sucks. Make sure Liam Hendricks gets back into your lineups. He looked really good yesterday. Just about ready to send you guys off into the sunset, but we will mention a couple of matchups that I'm going to be keeping an eye on today. So the first one is the only real afternoon game of the day. It's a 4.10 p.m. Eastern start time. We have Logan Gilbert and Mike Clevenger. That is going to be a nice matchup. Now, Clevenger, I've never been massive on, but if you look at the numbers, they kind of speak for themselves. He's been very good. He's just hard to stay healthy for this guy. He's missed a lot of time in his career. And like I mentioned, he was added in a few leagues earlier. He's up to 81% rostered. I think that he should be rostered just about everywhere. Uh, look for him to have a good outing here against a pair, not a poor lineup. I shouldn't say they're a poor lineup. They've definitely come around a little bit, but they're still not great. They're about a 500 team. Uh, 25th in runs, 23rd in hits, 24th in batting average. So maybe they are a poor lineup. They just don't feel like a poor lineup because of Julio a lot of the time. You see a lot of offensive highlights with Julio. They're missing Ty France right now, so, I mean, they're not at full strength, so it's understandable they're not going to be doing the best. Uh, hopefully we get Ty France back soon. He hasn't been uh, active for a couple of weeks now. I'm definitely missing him in a couple of teams. I love me some Ty France. Logan Gilbert on the other side. Tough matchup against San Diego, and we haven't seen him be quite as sharp recently. Uh, four earned runs the previous time against Oakland, three before that against the Angels. He's definitely not as sharp as he was at the beginning of the year. Now, he's still valuable, still very valuable, and I really like Logan Gilbert. Like I think that he's going to be a stud. Love the kid. Might be a tough matchup here tonight against San Diego. Uh, you're going to be starting him because, you know, that's what we do. But I'd be a little bit cautious about it, to be perfectly honest with you. I like San Diego a lot. Their lineup, I really like their lineup. I think everybody really likes their lineup. I'm just, I don't know. I got a, not a great feeling about Gilbert tonight. For me, I'm probably going to be sitting him uh, in the couple of cases where I have him. I, it's a pretty much a coin flip. Uh, I understand both sides of the argument. In Cincinnati, typically I don't highlight any pitching matchups that are going on in Cincinnati because, well, for obvious reasons. But we have Max Scherzer making his return tonight and Nick Lodolo making his return tonight. Scherzer is full systems go for the two-piece he has going this week. Lodolo, I'd be more cautious about, yes, because he's been gone for a while. We saw some good. We saw some bad. We saw some ugly when he was up the first time. I'm going to be sitting him, but I really like Nick Lodolo. I want to be watching this game, see how he does against a tough Mets lineup. Probably won't go the deepest because he's been out since, was it, late April? Yeah, April 24th was his last start. This one is more interesting to me from a baseball perspective to see how both of these guys fare in their first times out off the injured list. Both of them have been missing for quite some time. Lodolo longer than Scherzer. But Scherzer's getting on in years. He's 37 years old. He's going to be 38 years old later this year. It's actually later this month he's going to be 38 years old. Uh, July 27th, he'll be 38. He's not young anymore. He's a bit of an old dog. I still like him. I still think he can have a lot of value. I just want to see how he bounces back from this injury. That will do it for us today. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. If you didn't check out the show yesterday because of the holiday, feel free to check it out. We go over most of the two-start pitchers for the week. We talk about my article, which has some add and drop suggestions. We talked about the guys who are actually being added and dropped on the waiver wire, all that good stuff. So 
one more time, if you guys are interested in any baseball-related content creation, fantasy or otherwise, shoot me a DM at JoeOrico99. That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. Hit the follow button over there. You get links to my shows, articles, threads, all that stuff. And, you know, you can send me questions, and I'll try and answer them as quick as I can. I don't think I've ever been asked a Twitter question that I didn't answer. It might take a little bit of time. Usually, I'm usually pretty quick about it. So, I mean, I know I'm not the foremost authority on everything here, but just a second set of eyes and ears to run your questions by, it can be very helpful, even just to have someone validate your opinions or, you know, challenge your assumptions. Uh, Either way, I am here for you guys, so shoot me a message. Reminder about the trade deadline, August 2nd, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We will be live. If you do happen to have something going on that day and will miss it, I'm going to clip that entire show, I believe, the entire three and a half hours into the next day's podcast. You just skim by at your leisure and say, okay, we'll go to the part where right around the deadline happened and we'll see what they had to say on this or that or the other. And there will be a schedule laid out. I'll put out like so-and-so's coming on between three and four, uh, whoever between five and six, you know, It'll be laid out on Twitter who will be on when. So I'm assuming you guys know who your favorite analysts are. You'll be able to see them. I'll have most of the most of the people I've had on as guests on this show at some point. They will be on that show, uh, pretty much all of them. So go through, skim through the episodes, see if you like any of the names, if there's any of your favorite guys there. Odds are they'll be on the trade deadline show. My pinned tweet on Twitter does have a list of who's going to be on at this point. We're still... Confirming some more names, uh, making sure that everybody's going to be available on the day of. I know that people are transitioning into football now with the NFL season. Not getting going, but the fantasy season's certainly getting going with the Scott Fishbowl starting and everything else on the fantasy football side. So that's really when the season gets kicked into gear, even though we're a couple months out still. I understand that people are transitioning, but a lot of these guys who have already transitioned into football are going to be kind enough to come back and talk some baseball with us. So, guys, we will see you tomorrow. For another edition of Fantasy MLB Today. My name is Joe Rico, and I hope you guys have a great evening. <laughs>